So when we cultivate skill, we cultivate the skill of in, in, intention. So intention is a directive, the motivation, the it's like the muscle of the mind, what it moves, what it moves towards, what it shifts attention towards. So it's quite obvious. Intention is the source of karma. And, um, you know, in other words, it's the cause from that we're going to get the results from. And the other thing to recognize about intention is it's not, not an especially um, accessible term. Partly because intention is often associated with a deliberate thought, which is part of it, but intention is much more uh, kind of a, the impulse from the heart. The go for it, the do it impulse from the heart. Chitta, chitana, associated with chitta, the mind, heart. So we can. Um, certainly prime it with particular thoughts, resolutions, you know, making resolves. Generally this means when you make a resolve to say, you know, get up, when you go and when you lie down and go to sleep at night, you make the resolve to get up at a certain time. And you keep, you know, and you just an idea flickers through the mind and you can feel the results of it. Like, yeah, well probably I'll get up at, three or four or whatever it is and no that's not that's not there yet <laughs> you know you've got to get it past well probably I will till it it actually connects you feel a certain solidification like that's what's going to happen it's a very deliberate so you've firmed up intent you've made it um, full that's the skill of intention as we all know, people make New Year's resolutions and keep about 20%, which is better than not keeping, and not making any resolutions and not keeping anything. Because all of them are just uh, guilt. <laughs> guilt over last year. <laughs> you know, so you get that, oh, you know, try and do better. But it's not, it's not good enough, really. So it's better to make a few... And you clearly place through your thinking, steadying, until it really, you can feel it really rests in there, like this is what's going to happen. It's not, well, maybe I'll give it a try, but so you repeat it. And then you listen to the quality of the heart. Whether the heart really says yes, and steady with that, or says, well, you know, maybe I'll, you know, doubt, wavering or whether we're just coming from a sense of guilt about, what about the results of what we've been doing, or inadequacy or fear or something like that. Skill of intention is to kind of make it quite deliberate and repeat it. And so when we intend uh, a retreat, you know, you've got to keep coming back to that. What's that about? One of the form of it, keep intending that form of that. 
because even though we kind of got it figured out in our heads, yeah, 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 you really got to get it established in the heart. Because what you think one day, obviously the next day you can think something else. So it's got to be a bit stronger than that. And so it often means with our intentions we really consider, you know, take it deeply, consider it, turn it over. Some of them will still be confused, but uh, we have to work that out. What you begin to learn and get a, a feeling for is is the results of establishing an intention, even before you've fulfilled it, just the making an intention then. What does that sound like? Is it me being impatient? Is it me feeling guilty? Is it me feeling flustered? You know, you keep it, so you keep the intention until it becomes calm, steady, clear. So you can't do it around, oh, I must get the meal done by this time, I've got to do this, you know, building project finished. Because those aren't, aren't really deep enough. They're quite uh, shallow, you know. Our deepest intention is towards integrity or truth, simplicity, service, helpfulness, really values, deep values. So that's where it becomes strongest, where it's really held in the heart, and not just particular you know, fleeting topics of thought. what really intentions are worth doing that with you know a lot of stuff is just just you know doesn't really matter so what are the ones that you really want to take deeply and ponder over and reflect and bear in mind and put your energy behind that certainly prunes the whole lot That's what we can do on a retreat. And spend time recollecting, considering. Places where I'm a bit weak or compulsive. What's happening? At least inquire. So the first thing is just at least not be going on automatic. At least inquire. What's that about? Where's it going to take me? Where's it taken me before? Sometimes we're doing things we've done many, many times. Hasn't taken us anywhere it's particularly good, but yet we, you know, we do it again. Then there are things that perhaps we've never really done that we should consider. Feel we can't do. 
and then um, you know, give it all up. It's not. It's an inspiring idea, but uh, you know, you look at what intentions you can feel. You know, you you can live. So one of our themes of basic meditation practice is to get a sense of how you, what intentions you can feel are reasonable, manageable, and reliable. For this, we say we, re, we consider something, take it into the heart, and also take it into the body. <coughs> this may sound strange. But you know, with uh, some you can feel there's this kind of flush, a real sense of lighting up with something you feel strongly about. You know, you can feel it. Yeah, this is this is right. Yeah, I want to go for this. Mm. It comes almost into your into your guts, into your heart, into your guts. So one of the to get this reliable quality, where you know you, it's something you feel is not just a passing idea or an emotional response or fantasy. Mm-hmm. So you can feel it right down to your to your body. You feel strong with that. You feel clear on that. You feel a sense almost there's no choice. It has to be like this. Goes beyond thought. It's much deeper than thought. It's much deeper than one's emotional patterns. Sometimes, you know, there's almost a feeling of, oh dear, you know, I wish I didn't know that. <laughs> you know, something you know is you have to give something up, and you don't really want to know that. But hmm, there it is. Something tells you something you have to do. You don't really want to do it, but yeah. Certainly life as a monk for me has been like, like that, you know, coming to uncomfortable truths of things I realise somewhere or another, yeah, I've got to do that. I take responsibility, never wanted to take responsibility. But without it, there's a sense of things are not really rooted, not really grounded. And to me that's been the, that's been the place of growth beyond my self beyond my personal inclinations personal inclinations like everybody else's I'm sure you know stay comfortable for me you know but then something says you know you know something knows it's not going to grow that way you want to, to push it a little bit And somehow, when the one is fully connected, body, thought, and mind, and, and uh, body, thought, and heart, it's not, you know, the, the intentions, the resolves that come up are, they're doable. They're not fantasies. They're doable.
So this is where we have wisdom. And so part of our meditation practice is just to uh, how we find this reliable source. And we find something that says it's time to go on a pilgrimage or walk, which I do occasionally, or it's time to sit long, to sit long into the night. Or it's time to stop reading or, you know, give up something. It's had enough of that, done it, finished. It's not, you know, right or wrong as an abstract idea, it's just accurate for where one is, you know, where one's karma is, where one's process, one's practice is. And then you live live with the results of that. So connecting, often, you know, it's mindfulness of breathing is a primary means of doing that. So mindfulness of the body is, is very good because you can find that when you are uh, uh, really um, just getting caught in obsessive thoughts, you, you lose it altogether or your body feels really messed up, head feels groggy, you know, half asleep, dull, restless, something like that. Or you feel fired up with passion, floods the nerve endings, or anger floods the nerve endings, or you worry, feel it creeping around your body, creeping around your nervous system. Powerful emotions, powerful ones. Mindfulness of breathing takes it even more subtly. So one way of checking your intentions or your is just to breathe through them. Hold them in the, hold them through the experience of breathing out, breathing in. Give it, you know, ten, ten breaths. Not much, is it? Breathing through it, sending the steady, or referring to that steady energy of breathing in, breathing out. And don't don't think, don't just don't come up with an idea of right or wrong, just breathe, let the breathing figure it, feel it. I mean, it pretty much it pretty much reveals obviously when I'm just being unruly again <laughs> or stuck in my stuck in my ideas, opinions again, you know, being self important again, you know, the breathing in, breathing out. It checks because those those patterns have all got a particular speedy, contracted quality to them. So breathing in, breathing out, it's got a slow, steady, easing quality. And it's it's completely objective. It doesn't really care, you know, it's just breathing in, breathing out. He place his whirling ideas against them. He starts to, some of them start to just blow away like dandelion seeds or unfold. Open up and you see this kind of craving or restlessness or irritation or conceit. Oh, look at that. Well, you don't want to follow that one. More or less, that's what's kind of kept me in in the life for 35 years. I can remember the, when I first uh, took up the training, you know, it didn't take more than a few days to want to get out of it. And yet, most every every impression I had of of why it was good, necessary, useful, more interesting to get out of it, 
when I breathe through it, just sort of, oh no, no. Oh, that's just, that's just crazy. That's just restless. That's just doubt. That's just lust. That's just, you know. So just breathing through them, not having an opinion, just interested to know. We've got to find out for ourselves. Even when the answers are personally a little bit uncomfortable, suddenly you recognize, oh goodness, looks like I'm going to stay with this for a while. Uh, Is there someone else I could talk to? (laughs) I don't like renunciation. (laughs) Obedience. Conformity. don't like those things, personally. But breathing in, breathing out. All the, all the reasonable ideas, excuses are just seen as defense, denial, distraction, agitation. Nothing solid. So as, then as you, so really making the breathing in and breathing out something that isn't just something we should be doing. Because that lasts for a little while, but not very long. You can only keep thinking you should be being mindful of the breath for so long, because that's not strong enough. To, something you find valuable, and it's, it's taking you to a good place. And then you tend to go to it like a good friend. So first, we're not really trying to get that sort of calm and you know, silent and still, but just uh, connecting our patterns, our whirling patterns to breathing in and breathing out. That intention, just to connect to it. Remember, the mind's nature is to keep moving. It spins, it's what it's supposed to do. It's like a, a lighthouse that's orbiting, scanning, or like a um, you know, one of those swiveling radar screens, radar dishes, or those satellite dishes that sort of spin around picking up aircraft and things. That's what it's doing. It's kind of spinning around, checking out this, checking out. That's what it's supposed to do. That's what keeps us, you know, that's what keeps drawing ideas and thoughts and impressions in. It's that scanner. So through filtering, through checking all that out, we... We sift through the deluge of impressions that are coming in to which ones we want to home in on. The mind's nature is to keep doing that. Keep doing that. And as you practice meditation, then the mind will continue doing that, bringing up thoughts, memories, so forth. There's only so many you uh, just block. Most of them is that kind of quick check, right back to the breathing. And then the ones that still seem to be insistent then you want to hold them and breathe through them. So that essentially the the scanner is, is moored to mindfulness of breathing. We may not be mindful of breathing every single moment, but that's your basis. That's your base from which you tur- your mind turns around, you keep referring things to that. Maybe there's nothing much. Maybe it's just pain in the body, breathing into the pain in the body. When I say breathing, we're not moving air around, but that energy that goes along with breathing in, breathing out, which is uh, 
the chi or the prana, the vanapana. And it's quite pure in that there's not anything else. We're not trying to understand anything or change anything. We're just to breathe into it, see what it re- what happens, how it's revealed. It takes a while. You keep doing that until things begin to reveal themselves. It's an interesting process. And the memories, how many of them... The plans, how many of them, what happens when you breathe through those? The fantasies, the tribunals we hold in our mind, rights and wrongs and what I should have done and what I never have done and what he did and so forth. You try and breathe into those. It's interesting. You approach it like that, what will happen is that the mind begins to resolve itself more fully on breathing in, breathing out. In terms of finding the breathing, it's not a particular, first of all, it's not a particular point, it's just that as you cultivate mindfulness of the body, as the body begins to open and soften and settle, then the sign appears, the sense of the swelling, the pausing, the suffusing, the brightening, the calming that the muscular sensations and the energetic effects are like a continual baseline running through the body, like a particular thread running through the body. When the body's tightness or agitation begins to relax, that, that's, that sign, that baseline becomes more apparent, just like in orchestra, you know, the other instruments start playing when you pick up the main rhythm rhythmic beat of it or a band and you can start to focus on well, how, where is that is it in the belly perhaps it starts in the belly swells up through the chest and see how if you can get the um, track the sensations and the energies all through one inhalation and exhalation probably start with the exhalation Pause, lengthen the pause. If you deliberately lengthen the pause, it will make it stronger, make the breathing stronger. When it settles more, you can find one particular point which feels the most comfortable and easy. Could be in your diaphragm, could be in your chest, could be behind your eyes, the top of the breath, you know. You find this kind of slight tingling or behind behind the eyes, back of the nose, kind of where the breath turns over. And you focus on a place that seems uh, easiest, more accessible. And then you can steady much more in there.
and you notice how uh, with these uh, stray um, thoughts and emotions that that impression fades. You see it, you see it fading or becoming smeared over, and you come back to it. So if the impression, the breath impression is, the more you put attention to that, the stronger it gets, the less these adventitious thoughts and feelings will invade it. But it's a process of inquiry, finding a natural inclination towards that. You can't push it upstream, you can't push it against the river. There's going to be a natural inclination by making that sense of returning to the breathing something that's uh, inquiring, interested, we're not trying to get it right. No matter if you lost, lost it for 25 minutes in some particular piece of psychodrama, then oh, there's a moment of waking up and oh, three breaths, and then the next piece comes along. But every time you wake it, wake up, pause, checking where is it now, returning to it. This is where you build it up through the skill of intention. Skillful intention is not just a, a knee-jerk, a rapid reaction of, oh, I've got it wrong, you know, fluster. It's a skillful, measured timing, pacing yourself, placing it, patience, whole attitude, cultivation of calm, resolution in that. And it becomes uh, something that you, you value more than just as an idea, more than just as a should-be-doing-this process, but something that, that rises inestimably valuable for checking through one's uh, inner life. Every, you notice every contact impression, every sight or sound or touch or thought will be a, a source for intention. You know, check it out, get involved with it, play with it, reject it. Some kind of response comes up with that. So you begin to think, well, actually, if I had less contact, that would be better, won't it? So then that natural inclination towards renunciation. Or if the contact I make come from deliberate decision of something skillful to do, something to apply myself to, something helpful, that's a good result. So you, this intention towards kindness and well-being becomes strong. Because it will, your breath will stay with that. Your breathing will stay with that. But when it gets panicky, compulsive, rushed, agitated, your breath won't. So you begin to see what, what are the intentions you can breathe through and live with. What's the contact that you can breathe through and live with. It changes, of course. So there's a lot of skill in that. And learning skill, not something that's there already made and you just pick it up but you have to fashion it and learn it that itself is a skillful intention being willing to learn
And that one is very important to keep established rather than having it all figured. What's the next moment going to teach me? What's it going to ask me of me? What's the next day going to bring up? In your life, you're alive. Skillful intentions bring you alive. When you give them up, you're half dead. You're getting by, so what? Skillful intentions are the way to life. 